What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It's nice to have you here. For those who have reached out to me and said, hey, man, what happened to that intro? I like the intro. Answer is Yosef's not here. It's like when they uh, fly the uh, flags at half mass. We don't play the intro unless we got our Yosef. <clears throat> now, for those of you concerned out there wondering where is Yosef? Is he out? Is he too busy eating sandwiches? Has he started his own sandwich eating podcast? Which might not be a bad idea for him. Um, so the answer is no. I just uh, haven't done a good job at uh, coordinating schedules. And uh, we'll have him back hopefully shortly. And well, this episode's actually coming out on time. That's pretty cool. Go us. All right. Let's get into the news. Um, actually, before we do that, I, uh, I went skiing for a couple days. Greatest thing in the whole world. I, I call it a good powder day. It's crazy how much luck is involved in planning a ski trip, especially if you're skiing on the East Coast. Maybe it's different out West, but uh, I caught probably the best ski day I ever had. We had like a foot of snow while I was out there. Don't ski powder all that often, so it's pretty challenging. It was a good time, and let me tell you, I my two good friends, they, they came through for me because uh, I was a little down. I was like, oh, man, this can be one of the only years. That's my vacation. I like to go skiing for two days. I got that two days of vacation in. Like, two days for the whole year, I'm like, that was a successful year. I did what I wanted to do. And I've, I had only one year that I couldn't go, couldn't fit into the schedule or whatever. And then this year, I thought I wasn't going to be able to go. But then my friends, they came through. They, they, they paid for the room. You know, they paid for, for the ride up. And uh, I can just continue being poor. So, thanks. I was almost considering making some lifestyle changes there. <laughs> But my two good friends came through in the clutch, and if they can just come through every year with uh, two days of skiing, you know. Okay, I think everyone gets the point. So let's get into the news. Maybe I'll maybe I'll pause this song. Should I pause the song? I like the song. This is uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton. Don't go into that room. We're going to pause it, and we'll get right into the news. Here we go. So the first thing I want to discuss is what exactly is Stormy Daniel suing for? Like, I don't think courts can have you unblow Donald Trump. I don't think it works that way. Like, porn stars must know that judges can't travel through time and make it like he didn't have sex with someone, right? Like, it it doesn't seem like she's saying it wasn't consensual, so I don't know. If someone could tell me what exactly she's suing for, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Or hit me up on Facebook and Twitter. People have been doing a lot of that, Um, which I don't mind. It's all good. It's not like there's so many people doing I can't respond. Next, Trump fired Rex. Gary Cohen left. And this is what Trump had to say. And I'm really at a point where we're getting very close to have the cabinet and the other things that I wanted, which to me, this is going to be his next campaign. He's going to be like, you can't replace me. I finally got the right people. I just started working. This is no time. Um, And I understand what he's doing because I'm a big procrastinator. Like, I understand, like, listen, I'll get started on healthcare, but I need a new health advisor. Okay, I got my health advisor, but now I need a health minister who's going to go with the health advisor and and some sharper pencils. Can I get... um, like, I just understand procrastinating. This would be me if I was present. I'd sit down, you know, in the Oval Office. I'd take a look around. I'd be like, I can't work in this room. There's no corners. Has anyone ever thought about making this a square? How do you expect me to room and work in a room with no corners? There's no, there's no symmetry here. And who the fuck likes an oval? At least make it a circle. This, this, this is weird. Well, we're going to have to do some construction before I possibly sit down and do work. Um, all right. So he took this guy from the CIA and he likes him because he's more in line with his uh, with Trump's, you know, vision for foreign policy, 
which basically means he also just wants to be a prick to everyone. That seems to be what, what Trump's doing. He's just stirring up as much shit as he can. I don't really get the strategy, but that's why he likes to, he gets along with this Pompeo guy, and I could see him sit down with him and go like, uh, Trump's like, okay, what's our plan with China? And Pompeo will be like, I tweeted that they're a bunch of stinky breath noodle eaters. Trump will be like, I like it. <laughs> I like what you're doing. This guy's good. Then you have the new head of the CIA, which Trump basically said, give me the most ruthless bitch we got. And they're like, well, you already fired Omarosa. Boom. Roast joke. Anyways, um, this is all we know about this lady is that she's tortured the shit out of people. She's got no track record because the CIA, I guess at some level, they don't really tell you about, you know, the, the people. They don't keep any files. But this lady, there, there's one thing on her file, and that's that she ran the CIA torture black sites, which um, it, I guess it's incredible that you could have that person. It could be public knowledge, and then you could also promote them. Like, eh, not a very good look for, for this claim of we're, you know, the, the best or most righteous nation in the world. Um, you know, okay. So anyways... They're talking about that Trump, he's got a plan for North Korea. He's going to meet with the guy from North um, North Korea. I think that's going to work out because call me a dreamer, but I think the two people with the world's worst haircuts can get along. <laughs> I just, I, I could see Trump, you know, he sits down with them and he's like, ah, this, this guy's just like me. I like your look. Where, where do you get your hair done? You know, and then uh, he'll, he'll forge bonds and uh, he'll sell them like a good, like the, like the good sales guy that he is. So... About Trump meeting with North Korea, conservatives have been saying President Clinton decided not to go to Pyongyang to meet Kim Jong-il because the North Koreans are already reneging on their promises and because it made no sense to risk the dignity, and we can just stop right there. There's no dignity to this office anymore. That's not that's not what Trump ran on. That's not what people voted for. And fuck you, Clinton. I mean, what, what dignity do you bring to the office with the cigar tubes? And then you had Bush. You know, he lied us into war. I don't know that Obama... Um, it's hard to, no, I'm sure there are plenty of like really undignified things you can point to. Um, but the point is there's no dignity left. Like these conservatives were like, Hey, we can't go meet with these people. Uh, it's too much, you know, dignity and blah, you know, you're a bunch of idiots. All right. So next thing I wanted to talk about here is, um, something very weird in the shakeup that we've seen in what, I don't even know what year, what are we like year and a half Trump, one year Trump. But the guy runs as an as an outsider. Hey, I'm a businessman. I I I know business. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get things done for you. We're gonna win together. And then he's basically got his team, which includes figures such as Bannon, um, Cohen, and Rex Tillerson. Now, what's kind of odd about the Rex Tillerson and Cohen thing is that while he ran as an outsider, and people are you know we're all kind of upset about this revolving door that seems to happen between private industry and government. You get Exxon Mobil and Goldman Sachs right in closest doors to the white house, which is interesting. I, I you, you could take your, you know, you could take your view of it. Maybe these are the highest experts or that they're the actual business experts and they can get shit done. I don't, I'm not kind of, um, I don't really see it that way, but anyway, so he has these people, they're out. Then he's got the Bannon guy who, um, seems to be somewhat of the mastermind of the voting demographics and the rhetoric that could be used by Trump in order to get elected. And he's out now. They've all been replaced by 
what is essentially these war hawk people who have their dicks so hard for war with Iran. That that that's what these people are all looking for. That's what uh Kelly, who uh the general like he, he just seems to have been he ran on, hey, we're gonna get these outsiders, we're gonna get these great business people, and now he's surrounded by this like, you know, this old war timey guard of people that have spent long careers, it seems like, in government, you know, just trying to trying to push the war agenda so we'll see how that all plays out not not necessarily a great look for freedom or for those who are looking to dodge war um with iran all right so here was the next nutty thing that happened with trump this past week that um i i got a hoot out of it it, it hooted me so maybe you know maybe maybe you'll get a hoot out of this as well President Trump boasted in a fundraising speech Wednesday that he made up information in a meeting with the leader of a top U.S. ally saying he insisted to Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau that the United States run a trade deficit with its neighbor to the north without knowing whether that was true. Trudeau came to see me. He's a good guy, Justin. He said, no, no, we have no trade deficit with you. We have none. Donald, please. Trump said, so he's proud. I said, wrong, Justin. You do. I don't even know. I had no idea. I just said you're wrong. You know why? Because, and then I, I don't know what, what, where this goes from here, but do you know how funny that is to be sitting down with another world leader and just, just making shit up? And the guy's like pleading with him, like, please, Donald, no, no, it's not true. <laughs> And Donald's just like, nope, that's the way it is, which I, I like, it's just so you're just sitting down with world leaders. You're supposed to solve world problems. And the first step to pro to solving something is, I guess, knowing what the problem is, or at least having the information, but not for the Donald. He just likes to sit there and make shit up, which like at that point, you know, you can make up anything. You could sit there with Australia and be like, uh, listen, Australia, you're out of the trade deal until you start prosecuting the New Zealand sheep fuckers. And they just look at him like Trump. That's a different country. And like, what does that have to do with us? And Trump's just like, hey, I'm just looking out for the sheep here. You know, I'm just trying to do my part, making sure all the, the, the sheep in the world are okay. Or like you could have a summit on global warming and, and Trump gets up there. He goes, all right, no one has to worry about global warming. The U.S., we figured out a way to cool the earth. Okay, we're going to cool it. You guys, you burn all the fossil fuels you want. We're going to cool it. We're going to keep it cool. I don't know. To me, that's that's one of the more ridiculous things that he's done yet. All right. In totally other news, Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes, this lady, you know, people are like widely hailed as the first female executive, this this first tech billionaire in this world where women couldn't get ahead, and she's pulling a crazy fucking scam, people. She's uh, claiming that they got this medical device that they don't even have. They're just sending results to other labs. They're claiming profits that they don't have. And I think if there's one nice thing about, you know, pushing diversity is that we're going to learn that everybody's shitty. <laughs> you know, as we get, you know, more minorities or female at the top, we're going to realize, oh, just when people at the top, they're just pieces of shit. Didn't have anything to do with the fact that they were white men. All right. On a different note, banks are starting, they're trying to get into the uh, the college loan game. I mean, there's a lot of money that goes into these college loans. I think the uh, government somewhat interfered in the market and the banks, they want in. So one of the like type of loans that they want to be able to offer is basically they'll pay for your college. And then when you go get a get, get when you go get a job, they're going to take a, like a percentage of your income. So obviously they're going to want to bet on people who are going to, you know, go actually work jobs, which is why if you ever show up for one of those loans, you're going to show up with the loan officer. You're trying to get one of those percentage loans. You got to make sure to sit down there and just be like, before we start, I just want you guys to know that I hate whales. I fucking hate them. 
They're taking up too much room in the ocean. We could be putting plastic there. Fuck those whales. And you know what? Not just fuck the whales. I don't like charitable causes in general. I'm, I'm here to make money for you guys. The lo- <laughs> um, And speaking of charitable causes, and by the way, I apologize if um, if maybe I, I've mentioned this before. I frequently have where I'm sitting down, I'm like, you know, trying to come up with, and I, I just like deja, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I made that joke, but I never remember. So if I have, you know, call me out on robsnewsroom at gmail.com, hit me up, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, just, uh, you know, interact. Okay. So speaking of charitable causes, you got this uh, Flynn fella, got in a lot of trouble, um, and now he has to sell his house to, fi- to pay for the legal bills of battling the U.S. And there's something really weird i guess about that we that you can go to i i the fact that you can go to the court against the u.s because for instance like if you're in trouble with the government and and then they provide you with legal representation it's the worst representation in the world but then if you go at the top levels like a guy like flynn you're up against a guy like Mueller who's got money from the senate to put together the best legal team with unlimited funding so at some point, this isn't just like a justice thing. It's almost like a who has more money and resources and funding thing. It's almost like if we um, determine things, like imagine we had a different system. The determin- determination was who could run the farthest. We're going to have a contest. Whoever can run the farthest, we're just going to say that that person's right. However, the government side gets to switch its runner in the middle. It, it gets to swap out for fresh legs. You see, it's like it's not really fairness or justice when one side can't actually necessarily afford to go through with the proceedings it, it, it's it's a weird thing it's almost like you should uh, like maybe the government's expense should be capped to what the I, i'm just thinking out loud here i hadn't thought about this before but maybe the government funds of what they can spend on any given legal case should be capped to keep in line with what someone in the public sector could potentially fund or maybe someone in the public should be given like in other words if we're saying everyone should everything should go to court and people should be given their justice in court, and we need these experts who can kind of study and argue for your case. So then, why is it that we pay for the government side of the argument, but we don't pay for the for the public, you know, for the for the individual side of the argument? Like we're we're not looking for the government to be right. We're looking to discover justice. So if we're spending all the money on the government side, we're not really in, investing our resources in finding justice. We're, we're investing more in, you know, proving that the government's right, which I don't think we'd, we, you know, we'd be agreeing to. All right, just kind of pointing out, it seems to me like it's a bit of a dumb system. Food for thought there. And as long as I'm mentioning more food for thought, we've said before, one of the problems of the world is everyone's just doing their job. You show up, they give you a job to do. You don't ask too many questions. We're all just cogs and machines. Sometimes the people on top, they set up shitty machines. Um, so I read this, this was a pretty horrifying article, but it was from the Daily Beast and it was about how there are four-year-olds mining cobalt to power your devices. So in other words, part of the supply chain of us living our lives over here and enjoying our cell phones, our computers, this, that, the next thing is that there's some four-year-old sitting in a mine who has to do cobalt. So I think we can all agree. That's like as bad as it gets. Like for all this thing of like, Hey, what would happen if there was no government? Well, our, like, I, you and I, we're out here, we're living our lives. I don't think if we have the government structure, we can't really know that, like, we're not really confronted with any of this shit. So I think our elected officials who, if we're all kind of voting into this idea of, hey, we're going to be this great immoral country, I think this is part of their job is to go, hey, we're not going to allow things from that supply chain in because if you and I were confronted with that decision, I'm pretty sure that's what we would do. If people were like, hey, this decision's yours. You can have this self. Like, it's not really ours. The the device is just presented to us for a cost, and we're not really 
aware of these things. And I think once you hear the information, you almost just ignore it because you're like, well, I, you know, if I don't use that device, it's not like anything's going to change for these people. But I guess the point is I'm saying, hey, your holy precious government that you think is, um, you know, this thing that creates so much good in the world, just understand I think this is as tragic as tragic can be. And within this structure, we're all kind of complicit. All right, half-baked thought. Here's the last thing I wanted to point out to you is more than once I've said I think open borders can create a better world. I think human beings were a form of capital. And the way that we could, you know, really force these other countries to shape up their act is if we just kind of allowed open immigration or if we allowed top talent from these other countries to come here, it's almost like a funny thing to, it's a funny way of robbing other countries of their wealth that if you just had an open border, like anyone who became wealthy in Russia or China or was particularly smart would just go, all right, I'm just going to go live there. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, we're competing with a better team because everyone that was a good player just came to play for our team. I think that would be the best strategy for, you know, staying ahead of these countries. And then just to kind of go further with that, if you have freedom here, development here, liberty, all, all those good, all those good things and people are opting into that, it just kind of further um, grows and proves the success of that model. So on that note, here was an article I found in the journal, because everything from here is from the journal. Will Putin ever leave? Could he if he wanted? So here was what was interesting. Most striking is the hemorrhage of Russia's human capital. It's hard to measure as there's no census, says Mr. Kotkin. But anywhere between 5 and 10 million Russians are now living beyond the borders of the former Soviet Union. The brain-drained Russians averaged about 20% above the mean income in the countries where they live which tells you that they're a talented group, an educated, entrepreneurial, dynamic population. We have them at Princeton University in our laboratories, our math department, you name it. They're all over the place. By the way, I did a pretty good job reading that. You see, maybe we don't need Yosef after all. I just keep working on my reading skills. And over time, you know, all right, I don't know where I'm going with that. Okay, that's the end of our podcast. Hopefully uh, you learned something. Maybe you had a little laugh. Maybe you didn't. Um, but, you know, share this with uh, share this with your pals. It's the Run Your Mouth podcast. You know, tell them that they should check it out. That's the worst pitch ever. For a guy who works in sales, wow, I really screwed up that one. Um, So <laughs> share with your friends. Run your mouth. Uh, interact with me. Send me, if you got any articles, ideas, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Uh, or you can hit me up on Twitty, Twitter, Robbie the Fire. Or you can just track me down on Facebook. People seem to like to track me down on Facebook, which is cool. Robbie Bernstein, you can uh, you can friend me there. You can message me. We can hang out. And then uh, hopefully uh, hopefully we'll get Mr. Feltstein back next week. I had some I had some big food topics I wanted to talk about him. I've been uh, I've been experimenting with my palate. I've uh, I've created uh, some new sandwich creations, and uh, I think we'll have a good time. So uh, hopefully we'll be back on this Friday release schedule with our intro with Mr. Feltstein. Have a great weekend, bye.